This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans, welcome to Curtain Jerk, and as always, I'm your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. I hope you motherfuckers are having a great week. I hope you're watching a shit ton of wrestling. NFL starts this week. Let me know who your favorite team is in the comments, or hit me up on Twitter, at JGProWrestling, and let me know your favorite NFL team, and I'll tell you what, if it ain't the Panthers, it's an incorrect answer motherfucker keep pounding this ain't a football podcast it's a wrestling podcast and it was a giant week giant weekend for indianapolis we know that's the hub of independent professional wrestling when it comes to the united states of america they just released the the collective so a big big Convention, more or less, of independent wrestling that was supposed to take place the same week as WrestleMania is now going to take place mid-October in Indianapolis. Why not? It's going to be awesome. And we had a little mini-collective here with AIW first show back, a company predominantly out of Cleveland, Ohio, now runs in Indianapolis. It was a pretty good show. The current jerker, Eric Ryan versus Bobby Beverly. I think I'm saying that right. The team of the young studs versus 40 acres, AJ Gray and someone named BB Jocelyn. I think that's his name. BB Jocelyn. I hope I'm saying it right because I'm probably going to say it a lot more. This man had size and uh, in this tag team, he seemed to be doing well. I want to see him in a singles capacity and see actually how well he did or how well he does rather this guy has the fucking look and then 40 acres great name for a tag team that features these two men catapult Sinton in the corner by the studs 40 acres gets control they go after eric ryan beverly and ryan go at it they get the upper hand nice Dive by Ryan, which apparently before he was uh, into the hardcore wrestling, into the GCW tournaments, deathmatch tournaments and whatnot, he was a pretty good mat-based wrestler. So this guy can do it all, as the announcers are letting me know. AJ with a spear, one, two. Ryan breaks it up. Huge leg drop off the top rope by AJ. One, two, three. 40 acres gets the victory. We had Calvin Tankman versus Dominic Garini. Garini making a little bit of waves for himself here. Very unique style. He taps out Tankman in his hometown. Zach Thomas versus Derek, the director. I hope I'm saying these names right. A lot of these people I haven't seen before AIW this weekend. Uh, Derek, the director, was with Ziggy Heim. <clears throat> she gets involved. Big senton off the top, off the corner. One, two, no. Power bomb to Ziggy. Full Nelson slam off the top rope by Derek, the director. So Ziggy gets her ass beat, but distracts the other guy enough to give her man the victory. One, two, three. Had the Karate Man come out, a character uh, produced and made by Ethan Page versus Tom Lawler, who reveals. These ridiculous tights, these American tights he was wearing, these American Speedos. Points of Death Connect, TKO 
for the karate man. Refs have to help the karate man to the back. You can tell Ethan Page is into Cobra Kai, which a lot of people are into Cobra Kai. My uh, co-workers are. It looks interesting. Anything, this match made me want to watch that TV series. Ben Carter versus Chase Oliver versus Johnny Bad versus Trey Lamar. Chase Oliver looks like Scott Stapp from Creed on steroids. Lots of awesome shit happened here, including Trey Lamar getting the victory. And then we kind of had the goofiest match of the weekend, I will say. It was supposed to be Hornswoggle versus Levi Everett. But the Bitcoin boys come out. They jump Hornswoggle before the bell. Alley Cat comes out for the save. Dr. Dan comes out to help the heels. I've never heard of Dr. Dan prior. And then Nate Webb comes out to complete the eight-man tag. They're handing out each other's beers. They're partying it up. And then all of a sudden, after they're done drinking and everything, Swoggle, Nate Webb, Alley Cat, Everett, they get the victory. As a little bit of rain comes down in Indianapolis, Eric Stevens versus Lee Moriarty. Release power slam by Stevens. Pump handle one, two. Moriarty kicks out. Great match here. Moriarty ends up winning it. Moriarty, someone I'm super excited about seeing more of. And it looks like he's going to wrestle Jonathan Gresham at the collective in a few weeks. So. Watch that on IWTV, watch that on Fight Network, wherever it's coming out, and click the podcast link on my Twitter account, or subscribe to it on YouTube, subscribe to it on Spotify, and listen to my thoughts on that match, because it's probably going to be very positive. Then 2 Infinity and Beyond come out, which is a team of Cheech from Cheech and Cloudy fame of old school Shakar days, and Colin Delaney from WWECW. They are apparently like the best tag team that's ever been in AIW. They held the titles at this point, I think, four times. PM Express, they're the current champions. They come out one, two, three. Beyond wins. Five-time champions. I can't believe it. Look at a guy like Cheech, someone who I haven't seen wrestle in like 10 years because I haven't really been paying attention to AIW, only really Shakara, And then Colin Delaney, someone who hasn't, been in my radar since sci-fi days i know he did a 205 live appearance a year or two ago but then you see them here and they're killing it they're the best champions that's ever existed in aiw it's really cool to see sometimes you gotta go other places to cement your legacy just as stefan marbury he had to go all the way to china to cement his where these guys went to ai fucking w we have a big six-man tag, Rip City Shooters versus one of my favorite groups in the indie scene, Second Gear Crew, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, Cowboy Manders. They come out, chairs everywhere, Second Gear Crew beating the hell out of everybody. Doomsday Chokeslam through two doors. Matthew Justice wins for his team with a dive. Bill Alfonso makes an appearance. He's running around going crazy. AIW is fucking back, baby. That's all I can say. They have a uh, warm ceremony for one of the referees, one of the head officials there, who's moving on to what they call the Florida Territory. He later reveals that it's the WWE. And not only is he leaving, but he has a bit of a going away presence for everybody because he announces a new referee. They, uh, 
A young man by the name of Xavier will be refing in AIW, which is pretty freaking cool for him to leave and kind of pass the torch to someone that he trained. He was training to be a wrestler. He said he wanted to be a referee, and here he is. Super cool to see. Uh, coolest part of the whole show, I would say, was this kind of passing of the torch moment that happened at the end. That wasn't all the wrestling Indianapolis got on Sunday after AIW happened, GCW happened in the same place, right? A joint show, and this had a really freaking good curtain jerker Jordan Oliver versus Ben Carter. Jordan Oliver, of course. Workhorse. I say it every time I mention his name, and I mention his name a lot. He's on this show every week. That means he's on an indie show every week. He's on a very notable indie show every week, and he's pretty freaking young. He's put on a lot of weight during the quarantine, but I think he can turn that into muscle. It really hit me last episode when I saw him go up against Matt Seidel, and he was towering over Matt Seidel. I was like, this guy's tall. All he's got to do is put on some size. He's got the moves. He can go to the fucking WWE. He can go to AEW. He can go wherever he wants to go took on ben carter another workhorse in the game who appeared on AEW dark this week oliver takes indy to larry land as soon as the bell rings he goes outside he walks around big drop kick carter can't take down the larger oliver but he can trip the larger oliver lands the kick oliver goes to the outside again carter this time goes after him with a suicide dive and then gets back in the ring to hit a senton off the top then flicks him off chop battle action back in the ring oliver in control carter misses a strike oliver toying with ben at this point carter in trouble one two carter kicks out chops by oliver carter fires back and lands a a few strikes of his own, a few chops, double stomp on the apron by Oliver, action goes to the floor again, suplex by Oliver, roll through by Oliver, attempting to land another suplex, but ends up getting rolled up, one, two, Oliver kicks out, both land boots at the same time, both men down, ref begins his count, Ben gets a little room here, lands the AJ Styles neck breaker that you used to see him do where he would bounce on the ropes, do a flip, catching the guy in the neck, in the neck breaker move, shooting star, one, two, Oliver kicks out, both battle up top, huge hurricane rather from the top rope to the ground, that's right, this is outside in a park and they land on the freaking ground here, one, two, Oliver kicks out again, Carter misses a Phoenix splash, Oliver hits a tombstone pile driver. One, two. Carter kicks out yet again. Spanish fly off the top. Double stomp. Nobody home. Carter turns around, catches the cutter. One, two. Carter kicks out, driving him down. One, two, three. Jordan Oliver beats Ben Carter in an amazing, amazing curtain jerker of this show. Then we go into Alex Cologne versus Chris Dickinson. Backdrop on an open chair by Cologne. Power slam on a closed chair by Dickinson. This picks up quickly, but it's a quick one for Dickinson. He ends up tapping out Cologne. You gotta love the dirty daddy, the filthy father, the putrid papa, Christopher Dickinson. Tony Deplin and Calvin Tankman. Deplin uses the ropes. One, two, three. 
Tony Deppins, the son of a bitch, Calvin Takeman takes an L for the second time in one day in his home city. I can't believe that shit. Bill Alfonso on commentary, cracking me up the whole time, putting over the photographers, putting over the ring crew. Trey Lamar and Lee Moriarty go up against Shane Mercer and KTP, Iron Beast, Trey is always wild. Murati is always amazing. I was stoked on this team, just like Bill Alfonso was stoked on that team. Great double team moves here. Shane Mercer, always exciting. Powerbomb throw into a bridging German. One, two, three. Iron Beast get the victory. Alley Cat comes out, op- has an open challenge, or how does she say, open meowlinge. Ethan Page comes out and says that he doesn't accept things as ridiculous as open meowlinge. I hope I'm even saying that correctly. I can't even. But anyways, Ethan Page does an open challenge of his own and puts his career on the line. Alley Cat pins him, so he loses his career. He's upset, but then Joey Janela comes out and says, I'll give you your career back. You just uh, have to help me put together the clusterfuck for the collective this year at Joey Ryan's spring break. He agrees. He has a career again, and uh, things look up for Ethan Page, even though he lost twice in one day here in Indianapolis. Vance Warner and AJ Gray just beating the shit out of each other. Strike battle off the top. You gotta love it. Vance gets choked out, but did not tap. AJ Gray wins. Jimmy Lloyd versus Dylan McKay. Dylan D-Y-L-N McKay. The announcers were making fun of this young man's name here. Cole Roderick, a hometown hero here. Ace Austin, Nate Webb, Atticus Kogar attacking Nate Webb so we could not hear Teenage Dirtbag. Looks like a few people left before this match. Uh hate to say it but that kind of uh the crowd looked a little empty here even with the social distancing double moonsault from cole and ace to the floor mckay goes off as well beautiful shooting star killed himself uh with a like 630 side flip through a door here lloyd package pile driver stands him up deadlifts his opponent his opponent falls forward, but he's holding onto his legs into a Styles Clash. So package pile driver into a Styles Clash by Jimmy Lloyd. Holy hell, this was a great maneuver. Ladder salt from Nate Webb to McKay, but then Atticus Kogar jumps in, throws out Nate Webb, pins McKay, one, two, three. He sneaks the victory, but this was a phenomenal fucking match. Fee and Joey, Janela kill it. They beat the hell out of each other all over the place. Joey wins with a super kick. Matt Justice versus Ricky Shane Page with 4-4-0 non-title match. Always with 4-4-0, a bunch of bullshit happens. Ricky Shane Page does get the victory. And then the main event of both shows, the main event of Indianapolis on that Sunday, Blake Christian, a man I talk about just like Jordan Oliver. He's everywhere. I talk about him every single week. True workhorse versus ACH. ACH can't keep all heart down, getting frustrated, caught in a standing Spanish fly slash springboard 451-2. ACH kicks out. ACH kicks out again. See the frustration building here. And then all of a sudden, one, two, three, Blake Christian gets the victory against ACH. Big upset in my opinion. 
great to see this young man get the rocket strapped to him because he deserves it. He didn't have a Wednesday night war this week. NXT was on Tuesday, NXT Super Tuesday, but I'm still comparing all the matches as if they happened at the same time, as if they're a war. Freaking AEW did over a million viewers. Uh, NXT did around 800,000 viewers, so it's best for both brands to do it on separate nights, I have to say. We're still going to compare them as if they're together. We're still going to compare them as if they're competing here on this show. We're ranked every match just like we always do from worst to first. And number 10 this week, Dream versus Adonis. Kind of weird watching Dream matches now, I'm not going to lie. And this match really wasn't designed to be that good. It was pretty much a, a squash from the start. Nyla versus Conti. This was a pretty you know one-sided matchup as well but it was super cool to see Conti come out and actually give a shit that she got signed so that's why it jumped uh the 10 spot into number nine spot strong versus dane similar things there orange cassidy versus angelico cool to see angelico by himself but a little bit one-sided here orange cassidy gets the victory and gets jumped uh before he could get the uh, honest victory by santana and ortiz Reed versus Theory, solid match. Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express, another solid match here. And then we're going into our top four, Jericho and Hagar versus Kiss and Janela. It was wild to see uh, Kiss and Jericho tied up. Kiss and Hagar had that little uh, beef going on since Saturday at the pay-per-view, so it was cool to see them tied up. And, I mean, shit, Joey Janela, he was in Indianapolis on Sunday. He's in Florida on Wednesday. He's all over the place, too. So it's really cool to see him in this setting still, even though he's been in this setting since October or for, yeah, about a year now. It's still cool to see. Rhea versus Martinez. Super cool match. Number three this week. It was in the cage. Brody versus Dustin, the main event of AEW. Just a giant brawl. Really cool to see here. Brody Lee is killing it. Dustin has been killing it too. I mean, in this matchup, Dustin hit a Canadian Destroyer. He hit a Code Red. He was doing it all, bringing out all the stops. Brody Lee... Too much for him, though. He gets the victory. He remains the TNT title holder. Still pissed at Cole Cabana for losing the eight-man tag on Saturday, though. And number one, I'm sure you guys all know it. You know I love a good curtain jerker if you're listening to this show. And this was probably the best curtain jerker maybe all year. Finn versus Cole for the title. You don't need to make it the main event. It could sometimes be the curtain jerker. And that's what we love here on this show really feel the momentum swing Cole's way as he locks in the figure four. Finn busts out. Big double stomp. One, two. Cole kicks out. Cole locks in the figure four again. Has to lock it in a third time, but does land a super kick, however. One, two. Finn kicks out. Inverted 1916. He goes up top. Ends up getting a super kick up top. Cole goes up top with him, but then gets caught in a 1916 off the top rope. One, two, three. We have a new NXT champion. It is Finn Balor. I think this might be the third time he's held it. That may be a record. I'm not sure. Great matchup. That's why it's number one in the Wednesday Night Wars from this week. And usually, guys, main event 
is our main event here at Curtain Jerkin, but there's going to be a little bonus content. I'm going to give you main event here, and then we're going to go into ICW No Holds Barred Pit 10, I guess, which aired September 10th, which is when I'm recording this. About th- It's going to air in about 30 minutes, so I'm going to talk about main event. I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to jump on. I'm going to review it for you guys before I put up Curtain Jerkin this week. Main event starts out with Mustafa Ali versus Tazawa. I always put up a poll wondering what matches from main event people like most, and I got the most foes ever last week, and it was unanimous. Everyone liked Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet. So here it is again, Mustafa Ali versus Tazawa. Tazawa, former Cruiserweight champion, former 24-7 champion, comes out with his ninjas, yells ninja power off the top, but as he's yelling ninja power, he's pointing up. Ali grabs his fingers, able to take advantage, big arm drag, taking Tazawa to the outside, but then the ninjas surround him, hiding Tazawa, give him a ninja mask, he puts it on, Ali can't really tell who is who at first, can't really see Tazawa at first, but it was a dead giveaway, Tazawa is the one who charged him, scoop slam, goes up top, this is when the actual ninjas distract him for Tazawa to get the advantage here one two Ali kicks out Ali hits a rolling thunder x-factor attitude era eat your heart out this move was awesome Ali then lands a Michinoku driver one two three he gets the victory here second week in a row he's been killing out on main event which is kind of why you wonder why he's on main event you know, it's. Uh, I remember a while ago, the University of South Carolina were back-to-back NIT champions, and everyone was just like, "Well, that's cool, but why the hell were you in the NIT back-to-back years if you won it one year?" So that's how I'm kind of looking at these victories from Mustafa Ali. It's cool, cool thing to hang your hat on, but come on, guys, let's showcase this motherfucker on Raw. We then get some recaps: Roman and Heyman payback highlights, Heyman promo. Building this four-way match we have to see who's going to go up against Roman Reigns at Class of Champions. Sheamus attacks Big E, slams him on a car. He can't wrestle in this match. So then Jey Uso gets the opportunity. Riddle, Corbin, Sheamus, and Jey Uso go at it. Corbin throws Uso behind the LED boards in the Thunderdome. Comes in. Bro going crazy. He lands... Big move off the top onto Corbin, but as he lands, Jay's jumping off on the other turnbuckle, landing on Riddle. One, two, three. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jay Uso has a world title shot at Class of Champions. Of course, he's Roman Reigns' cousin, so I think there's going to be some tomfoolery here. I think Roman Reigns is going to turn on his entire family, hopefully maybe heating up a WrestleMania match against The Rock. I don't know if they can land it. That's what I would land. You want to start building to that now. That's just me fantasy booking. I have no clue what's going to happen here. I don't even know if this is going to set up something where Brock Lesnar comes back and Heyman's been fucking with Roman Reigns all along. I don't think it's going to be just a straight-up match here at the Class of Champions between Jey Uso and Roman Reigns for the world title, though. I'll tell you that much. 
Andy, of course, kicked the hell out of Drew McIntyre last week, so he thinks that Drew's not going to be able to compete at Class of Champions, which is the show where every champion should be competed for. So he says, why don't you hand me the title? But then Drew shows up in an ambulance. We get Lee versus Orton for the third time in like 10 days. And Drew Claymore cake out of nowhere takes Randy Orton out of the Thunderdome and back into another room somewhere, I guess, in the Thunderdome somewhere and beats the hell out of him. Crazy to see. I'm kind of glad that I only watched these highlights because it looks like they kind of are stuck in a rut. It looks like SummerSlam was something they all they peaked. Payback was kind of uh, staying on that peak. And now they look like they don't really know what they're doing until maybe a few pay-per-views down the line here. Class of Champions and then maybe a Survivor Series. They're going to do a TLC or Hell in the Cell around Christmas time, and then I think they're going to be heating up again for WrestleMania season. But until that point, I think Raw and SmackDown, unless there's some matches you hear have some good buzz, are probably skippable for the next few months, and that sucks to say. But I think there's a lot of good wrestling out there, and I think that's what you guys should be paying attention to. The main event of main event, Humberto Carrillo versus Riddick Moss. Both men trying to control the pace here at the early going. Big shoulder tackle by Moss. Tries for another. Ends up getting tripped by Humberto. Huge arm bag by arm drag by Humberto rather. Moss then goes to the apron, drop kick to the floor, comes back in, roll up, one, two, Riddick kicks out. Moss lands a side suplex, deadlift, lariat thing. I don't know what was happening here. One, two, Humberto kicks out. Riddick tries slow down the pace, making his power moves more effective, slowing down the high flyer. Carrillo gets room here, springboard forearm, big kick, one, two, Moss kicks out again. Moss rolls to the apron, neck breaker, one, two, three. Moss beats Humberto. What's happened to Humberto? He was on 205 Live. They strapped the rocket to him. He goes to Raw, and it looks like they're jobbing him out all the way down to main event, losing to Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss, someone I see a lot of potential in but Humberto was someone I thought was there a few months ago he was in the main event with Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins and all that and now here he is I don't know what he did but man it looks like they don't see what they saw in him a few months ago Asha hurt Bailey finally attacks her on Smackdown crazy to see Bailey incredibly rude to her friend here attacking her while she's down the Mysterio family beat the hell out of Buddy Murphy great bonding moment for a family you gotta love to see that especially during these trying times and that was main event for this week and I'm so excited about all the wrestling I'm covering this week I forgot to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling we had a show Wednesday September 9th Featuring the curtain jerker Yuta versus Kojima. I think I've talked about this before. Yuta going up against Nagata. Last episode I talked about that and now going up against Kojima. Yuta wearing down Kojima here at the early going. Not moving for a shoulder tackle. Meaning business here. Kojima eventually gets him down. And then Lex Luger titty flexes to the chagrin of the Japanese crowd. Neckbreaker 1-2. Yuta kicks out. Kojima stays on him. Big running crossbody by Yuta. 1-2. Kojima kicks out. DDT by Kojima. But 
Yuta gets a roll up. One, two. Kojima says no again. Strike battle here. Beard by Yuta. As he stands up, he roars. It was really cool to see the young lion let out so much emotion. And then what do you know he does? He locks in the Boston Crab because he goes back to the basics as all young lions do. Rearing back, Kojima gets to the ropes. Big cutter, one, two. Yuta kicks out. Big lariat, one, two, three. Kojima gets the victory, taking the young lion to school here. But a hard-fought matchup either way. And then as you guys know, they're doing a tournament for the vacant IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. It's a round-robin tournament. Wato and Taguchi, one win, two losses. They lose to Bullet Club, Taiji Ishimori, and Gato, and that puts them at one win, two losses. So both those teams have two points, but Bushi and Hiromu lose so to Kimaru and El Desperado, so those two teams have four points. There's one show before the G1 starts, and that's when they're going to wrap it all up. I'm going to cover that show. I'm going to cover New Japan Strong. I'm going to talk about the ICW no holds barred show that's happening on friday as well as a preview for the g1 tournament the g1 tournament is my favorite thing in all of wrestling i'm so excited they bring it back i'm going to run down all the participants i'm going to run down all the predictions just gear up for a lot of g1 coverage on curtain jerkin i'm going to talk about every show i'm going to have my top five for the tournament bar as the matches go I may even have special guests talking about the G1. I am super excited for this. I hope you can tell by my voice. And I wanted to know how excited you are for the G1. Let me know in the comments on YouTube. Let me know at JG Pro Wrestling on Twitter. Gosh darn, this is a slammed, packed edition of Current Jerk. And I hope you guys like it. But... It feels good to have a slam-packed edition because this means wrestling is back. I'm talking about the G1. I'm talking about SummerSlam. I'm talking about, I mean, shit, I even fantasy booked Roman Reigns and The Rock on this show. It feels like it's back. There was some troubling times I think we were going through in the spring and the summer as far as wrestling content, but now it's back. And we even get ICW Pit. If you didn't know from my previous content, it is a show that is not only a hardcore wrestling show, not only a deathmatch wrestling show, but a show without a freaking ring. Holy cow, guys. I just got done watching ICW No Holds Bar Pit Fighter X. Found out that it's named Pit Fighter X with the X standing for Xavier, former Ring of Honor champion who passed away. Super cool that they don't just beat each other with light tubes and you know throw each other through doors for no reason they do it to honor their fallen friend and someone that I was highly entertained by in high school when I would get these ring of honor VHSs from my uncle and from my dad's friends and watch them with my action figures so that's kind of cool Speaking of kind of cool, this show's kind of cool. It's not for everybody. I'm sure if you're super into the technical side of wrestling, you would find a lot to dislike about this show. It's in a barn. Uh, I said that it had no ring, but they did have like an MMA-style cage set up. 
and uh, they fucking had some deathmatch wrestling here. Eric Ryan, who was a member of the tag team, took part in the curtain jerker from AIW on Sunday, was in the curtain jerker tonight as well, versus Oron Verdict. First time I've seen this guy. MMA style tights, has a big like goat head tattoo in the middle of his chest. Ryan uses a fork right away, choking him with chains. Oren bleeding leads to a hold while stabbing him in the head with the door of knives. I really like this guy here because he used holds in death matches. I thought Eddie only was the only guy who did this, but apparently there's two of them, at least two of them. He then locks in an ankle lock. Eddie, or sorry, Eric Ryan trying to escape the ankle lock by beating him with a door. Strike battle here. Ryan spears Orion through a door, punches the hell out of him over and over. Ref calls for the bell. Larry Leonard post fight interview, just like Joe Rogan in the UFC. As much as this was deathmatch wrestling, they took a lot of influence from UFC in this, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Dominic Garini versus Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Another guy who's all over the place. You see him everywhere. Uh, Despite Garini going through a door full of barbed wire, he's still has the hold locked in and Lloyd taps out pretty cool finish putting over Garini and putting over that he can take punishment while still choking the motherfucker out Ocean comes out the broke neck kid versus Danny Demento and you can tell Danny Demento is a legend in the game he looks like an old school wrestler he comes out talking shit to Alex Ocean battle out of the cage some random fan or something goes through a door at last uh, pit show, Alex Ocean jumped off the barn door on to Jimmy Lloyd, but this time Danny Demento points at the barn door and he jumps off of it. But Alex Ocean is more of a cruiserweight, you know. I bet you'd see him on 205 Live uh, if he ever made it that far. But Danny Demento has definitely put on some pounds. I'm trying to think of a maybe more of a Kevin Owens type wrestler. And he hits a elbow drop and he falls like a ton of bricks. Cool to see. I I popped. I popped watching at home. But that was the end of the match. I think Dane Demento like hurt his wrist or something, broke his arm of some sorts. The ref called for a no contest. Mutual dis- dis- display of respect after the match. Cool to see. This was a, a really kind of heartwarming uh Thing to see here at the Deathmatch Arena here. Reed Bentley versus Eddie Only. One of my favorite Eddie Only. Ref holding Eddie Only's cigarette the whole time. Reed Bentley wins the match. And then we move on to Akira versus Atticus Kogar. Akira, a standout in hardcore wrestling since I've been watching, jumped off the goddamn Super 8. And uh, Akira looks like he had the win, but Eric Ryan and Eddie Only from 440, just like Atticus Kogar, come out and help him win. Fuck Ohio, indeed. Then we go on to Casanova Valentine versus John Wayne Murdoch. And I gotta say, I don't, I don't, I mean, I get, I respect John Wayne Murdoch. I'm not trying to uh, 
come across that way, but I don't understand why he is so over with this audience. I mean, Casanova Valentine has the high girl. He comes out playing death metal. I'm into it. John Wayne Murdoch, it's like, didn't we just see Reed Bentley, you know? I mean, shit, why is this guy different? I digress. Murdoch straight up stabbed Valentine right off the bat. I guess that's why he's over. Madison screaming, going crazy. Casanova Valentine at one point hits Murdoch with a gusset plate. And the announcers say, who the hell brings these here? Which is a great, great point. How do these weapons come into just a wrestling vicinity ridiculous to think about in uh, the kayfabe sense casanova off a ladder through a guardrail with light tubes taped to it goes for a pin one two no then Brainbuster through an open chair one two three john wayne murdoch's gets the victory night of pit fighting i enjoyed i enjoyed these shows i started talking about it because they were literally the only indie shows happening in america and i thought it needed to be talked about but now i'm hooked i was excited all day i was thinking about this pit wrestling and uh i'm definitely going to be watching uh the next show that's coming out on friday over the weekend i'm gonna be talking to you about that that show's gonna drop monday morning so stay tuned for that it's gonna be a part of the g1 preview show so a lot of new japan on that show a lot of icw on that show as always guys fly high thanks for listening to the super packed edition of curtain jerkin fly high i'm out